Okay, so today I have with me Miss Catherine, and as per usual, I normally say how I know the people. Um, I actually haven't met Catherine before. This is the first time I've actually seen Catherine. Um, I got her contact through my friend Anthony, and he said he, she'd be a great person to have on here. And so far, like we've spoken prior to this, and she's fantastic, and I know she has a lot of knowledge to share. So, um, Catherine, can you please tell us a bit about yourself? And then three fun facts about yourself and then we'll go into today's topic. Um, so my name is Catherine Ishola. Um, I'm a mother of two, mm -hmm. um, married. Um, I'm a secondary school teacher. I've been teaching since I left uni, so for the past 12 years. Mm. Um, I currently am a stay-at-home mum, so I've stopped teaching. Um, and yeah, three fun facts. I can fit my fist in my mouth. I can do a one-handed cartwheel and I love all things fashion and perfume. Can I just say, for those who are listening rather than watching, so I had to pause. Normally, when people say, I'm like, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. But then when he said the fist of life, I'm like, mm. because everyone normally comes with things like, oh, I met this person, I met that person. But you really come with, like, interesting facts, like, real, real interesting you know, I thought, you know, just, you know, I don't think a lot of people can do that. And, well, you know, spice it up a bit. Cool. You just spice <laughs> it up a bit with your interesting facts. Yeah. Wow. I am an only child, so I had to find different ways to entertain myself. Fair so, enough. You know. And it worked, clearly. It worked. So, you know, that's fine. Okay. So, um, it's interesting um, that you brought up, you know, what your background is like and everything in terms of what you do. Um, so, today we're going to be speaking on mental health. Um we'll dip our toes a little bit in education, but we'll focus primarily on mental health. So um, prior to delving into the questions, um, what did family look like to you when you were growing up? What did home look like to you when you were growing up? So for me, um, I am an only child. It took my mum 10 years to have me. Okay. She had many um, you know, miscarriages before having me. So I'm a bit of like the miracle baby. Mm. Um, and then when I was four, my dad passed away. So he passed away with cancer. And so it was just myself and my mum. That's my, that's what kind of family was. But the year after my dad passed away, my um, aunt came to the UK and she had two children. So my cousins were with me. So despite being an only child, I really kind of had extended family. And then my other aunt came. So I've always kind of been raised by my mum and my aunts and my cousins as well. Mm. So I haven't kind of felt like your typical only child because I've always been really close with my extended family. Hmm. And did you have like a like a so you said your dad passed away when you were very young, four years old, um, and your auntie had so you had about I'd say you had two mother figures in the house, and of course you had your your cousins were essentially your siblings, right? That you grew up yeah, with. Yeah, I mean um, they didn't they didn't live with me the whole time. They lived with me for their first year in the country. Okay. Then, okay. then they lived really locally. So they lived within like a you know, like a twenty minute walk. Okay. Okay. So they're still, they were still close. And what, did you have any sort of father figure in your life when you were growing up? Did you have any of that at all? No, well, then my mum remarried much later on when I was older. Mm. And then I had, yeah, then I have now have currently have a stepdad. Okay. All right. So, um, delving into the mental health aspect. So have you ever suffered from any like mental health issues in the past? Yeah. Um, okay. so 
after having my um, first child, I um, really suffered from postnatal anxiety and um, insomnia. Mm. So it was quite a, a really, quite a traumatic time and, and a good couple of months of just severe kind of anxiety with it comes depression, lack of sleeping. Um, and I had to, and I definitely took some anti um depressants I took some medication um as well as just really kind of getting into the word and praying and just trusting God to kind of see me through that process and by his grace I definitely you know came through Mm. I had similar experience again with my daughter after my daughter I also had anxiety and the second one yeah yeah second child yeah my daughter I had again anxiety really high levels of anxiety and um I guess also a case of like almost like PTSD, like the trauma of what happened before kind of all kind of came back, mm. had the sleeplessness, the insomnia. And I think just definitely probably since having my children, I have had more cases of anxiety and in this virus time as well, anxiety, sleeplessness, it's, you know, it's kind of when major kind of incidents occur, my anxiety flares up. Mm. And how, how was that relating that back to, um, what country are you from? Nigeria. Nigeria. Okay. So, um, I don't know what it's like in Nigeria, but in Ghana, um, I don't think there's, I think someone made that comment recently where they were saying, I don't think there's a word for depression in our local dialect, well, dialects, um, there's like a million of them, but I don't think there's a word for depression. Um, but how did you relate that information back to your mum? How did you express to your mum that you were struggling with? yeah how how did you do that so I think with my son it was very evident I was irritable I was highly on edge she could definitely tell my behavior was just not as it normally is Mm. um so she knew that there was definitely a problem I wasn't sleeping I was like a walking zombie Mm. and so she was just very much in the sense of whatever you need to take to make you feel better do it you need because she could evidently see I wasn't well Mm. you know so it was an interesting discussion because when you say antidepressants, it comes with such a major like taboo, yeah. but um, she could see that I was not in a place where I could function. Mm. So I needed some help. And I think for her, it probably was quite interesting because when I started taking them, it wasn't like my personality changed and I became this like happy go lucky person. It just almost enables you to raise your head above the waters mm. and instead of feeling like you're drowning you can just about raise your head above to kind of just make rational sense of yeah. the decisions you need to make mm. and how did how so as, i mean was she was she quite dismissive at the start i mean not intentionally but how like how did she as, apart from saying do something to like for the sake of your children and your own self and everything like how probably yeah I think at the start when I was kind of like mom I'm not really sleeping I'm quite anxious she was like oh, you know people don't sleep after they have babies they you know it's not a big deal like it was okay it will settle and that children are a blessing I was like I understand that children are a blessing but I'm really worried and I'm worried about everything mm. and she you know she was a bit like oh it's gonna be fine but I think she could quickly see mm. that when you know when she came and she was in my presence that you know, I needed, I needed some help. 
yeah yeah and then how did so was she i mean were you nervous before you had your second like once you found out you were pregnant with your second child were you nervous that history might repeat itself again and do you know what i was so like i was i was confident that it wouldn't and i i felt like it'd been two years since and i'd not had like any kind of issue since i was living life like perfectly and there was no issues. I was on the antidepressants for like three months and I just stopped them. Mm. And, you know, there were no side effects. I really moved on well. And I know it's not advised to just stop them like that, but I just felt I was kind of mentally okay. in a really strong place. But, mm. you know, now I realized that probably I hadn't fully maybe healed from it mm. because when obviously I had my second child and I had um, a similar bout, I was quite confused because I was like, I didn't think it was going to come back. I wasn't kind of prepared for it. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm again, by God's grace and by prayer and good support. And my husband is amazing. Mm. Just managed to, you know, to kind of get myself through it yeah. again. And so, and do you, do you feel like prior to the postnatal depression, um, without having your dad around or having a father figure per se, like in the home, do you feel like that affected you in any shape or form when you were growing up? Do you know what? I don't really think so. my mum is like obsessed with me. She, her love is just incredible. And I was smothered in love, smothered in love, like smothered in, in care. I had aunts who were around me. It was very matriarchal. I guess I didn't feel that longing or loss. I know it sounds strange. And also I was four. So you didn't get to know him as a mother. I didn't, I, you know, I remember my dad, but I don't have like you know loads of vivid memories of being with him so it was always my mum and I and we have such a close relationship and she knows me so well and she loved me so hard and so strong mm. that I didn't feel genuinely that 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 kind of sense of you know loss and then all you know also later on in my life obviously my mum remarried and then I had a stepdad as well so mm-hmm. and do you do you feel like um I mean that clearly the love she had for you like I would I normally assume anyway but um you would think the love a mother has for their child is that is is you know is immeasurable whatever it is so do you think that also the love created an avenue for you to be able to speak to her about anything at all any had any like struggle yeah. yeah just open up to her and be like mum struggle with this or whatever okay definitely definitely, you know that love was just such an open door that I knew I could never disappoint I could never really kind of do anything that she wouldn't be there for me for you know so Mm. it was it's essential yeah Mm -hmm. okay and um do you think I mean how do you how do you how do you, because you've experienced it, and of course, because you work in the school as well. So prior to even having started your family, I, I'm assuming prior to starting, you have your family were working in education. Yes. Yeah. So how how do you think you're able to create a space for young people to express any challenges they may be going through right now? Because I feel like we're in a very, as much as I think we're we're in a very visual generation where there's C and everything, aren't they? So mm-hmm. with the social media and everything else. Um, how do you create that avenue for your own children at home? I know with school, there's like a structure, but in your own home, how do you create that space for your child to open up to you and be like, mum, this is what's happening without being dismissive? Or what, how do you do that? 
I mean, my children are three and one, so <laughs> they're not, you yeah. know, really yeah. much older. But I, for me, I think that the the most important thing is that kind of loving, stable kind of home. So in the way I interact with my husband mm. um, and the love that they see between us and the communication that they see and they see how we interact and they see how we discuss with each other and they see how we're open with each other mm. and also just showing my children just lots of love and also just asking them mm. are you okay how are you feeling I'm always asking my son how are you feeling are you upset why you know what's upset you so just that already is opening the dialogue and the conversation to say okay it's a safe place for me to say how I feel mm. and to say what I'm thinking and that is an, there's an open, you know, there's an open avenue there where my mum is listening and she actually cares. And, you know, when, whenever he tries to lie or, you know, and I say to him, you need to tell me the truth. Then when he tells me the truth, I can't then just go start shouting at him and beat him because he's mm -hmm. told me the truth mm -hmm. and I need to let him know that when he tells me the truth, you know, that I'm actually willing to hear him and speak to him properly, you know? Mm, mm. so I think just that love the openness the display in which as I said the relationship I have with my husband and how I interact with him I would hope would create that kind of that space that would be good for them to feel that they could communicate yeah okay and um I feel like because because you're in a school people would assume that you're able to cheat a bit and you know where you can direct people if they're having any mental struggles at a young age but uh, that's an assumption but generally do you know places that you can recommend people to go to when they have any like I mean be it postnatal depression be it prenatal depression be it any type of depression do you know where you can direct people to you're aware of organizations I am aware of organizations but I am also aware that there is <laughs> they're massively underfunded massively under-resourced mm -hmm. um and overwhelmed and stretched mm. and the provision that they have is not great mm, mm, mm. but um I, I, I you know i think sometimes people forget same way um how do i even make this analogy i feel like people forget that the people that work in these institutions they they also have their issues and i always wonder where they go to like if, when they're looking after us where do they go to, to to sort out their problems you know because they've they've got a lot to to handle and to deal with and even therapists i always wonder where they get their therapy from you know therapists the, normally have therapists you know oh like it's <laughs> wild it's crazy and then i mean i don't know if you actually wanted me to list organizations but i could i, I could get a few and i'll put in the description no i'm sure there's, like, there's mind mm -hmm. there's um you know there's the association for postnatal illness mm -hmm. there's um what else is there there's obviously child line yeah yeah and they're all and yeah there's just even your even just your local like um councils will provide mm -hmm. um support for you your gp will provide support for you so um there's up like for instance my council sutton so sutton has a sutton uplift mm -hmm. my previous um council was barnet barnet uplift they also have you know um help for you there there's samaritans yeah 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 there's there's a wide range actually i'll definitely put these links at the bottom as well um so they're like easy to reach um on the topic of therapy um do you believe in therapy 
um and do you think i'm if- currently undergoing therapy and i had my second session of therapy okay okay so how is it going so far and would you recommend it to anyone any age anytime anywhere i mean therapy is i mean it's very far-reaching so when i had my um so after my first child and i had um the postnatal anxiety um i was offered some like i guess sessions over the phone through my gp Mm -hmm. and i didn't find them very helpful i'm not kind of an over the phone person i need face to face or at least a zoom you know or Mm -hmm. something Mm -hmm. And it was very brief and it was very kind of rushed. Um, but then I'm now privately going through therapy. So it's different because, you know, you have kind of one-to-one, it's paid, it's, you know, it's it's much more in-depth, it's personalised, it's tailored to you. Mm. Um, and I think depending on what you're dealing with, especially if it's like grief or if it's a loss, I think we have to make sure that we're dealing with it. Mm-hmm. And that could be with even your church, that could be with your pastoral care team at a church or a counsellor, it doesn't even have to always be a paid private therapist, Mm. but you're talking through your issues with somebody who is able to give you an informed, wise opinion, Mm -hmm. I think can never be be a problem, Mm. whether that's with, you know, an actual psychotherapist, psychiatrist, counsellor, or whether that's with a trusted older friend, aunt, uncle, um, pastor as i said it's really really important to talk through issues mm-hmm. 100%. and i i'd assume that it's something that you reckon any age could go for so be it oh definitely whatever yeah definitely if you're a young person at school that could be just talking to your head of year on a regular basis or the or you know a pastoral support leader and in your in your school or sometimes schools have counselors yeah it's absolutely important because if we repress things and we suppress them they will emerge at some point Mm -hmm. so it's talking through these issues and talking through your concerns so that you can bring some sort of closure and healing for yourself Mm. at whatever age yeah yeah Okay. And um, I know for schools, um, there's, do you feel like the curriculum could be changed a little bit where they pay more attention to mental health? Because I know it's a big, it's a big deal when it's mental health awareness week, but then mental health awareness week ends and then the conversation somewhat fizzles out and then it starts again when um, the week comes again. So how do you feel about incorporating mental health um awareness in education slip my hand slipped um i mean it's the curriculum needs to be changed on many many levels um but in terms of mental health um absolutely and i think there's so much onus on schools anyway to do so much with there to be their parents as well as their teachers as well as their spiritual leaders sometimes as well as their you know police or whatever but um, I think definitely even after this coronavirus and this um, this COVID-19 situation, there are going to be a lot of children who are coming back to school in September or whenever they've come back broken yep. or with various issues. Yep. And it's going to have to be a top priority in every school because yeah. the experiences that they've had during this time of anxiety, of fear, of worry, of panic, of stress, of so many you know a mir- um, uh, you know just a variety of issues mm. schools are have to have it as top of their priority and as, as and as a key point because 
there will be children coming back and they may not be in the best mental state that they you know that they could be in yeah i think it's it's, it's another thing is um it's it's scary to think of what like students the the brain of a student will look like in september because mm. even as an adult being told to work from home is a challenge like yeah. You know, you're trying to prevent yourself from getting distracted, from watching this, from eating this, from doing whatever, but work. Um, whereas with telling a 13 or a 14 year old girl, boy, to sit down and work and be quiet and, you know, stay focused and actually keep up with work they don't have to do, but then they have to anyway, it's going to be hard anyway. So how do you think... Um, teachers could cope on re-educating students once they come back in September because I think I'm, I'm not counting the next six weeks to be honest I think it'll be a, a poster session for the next six weeks and watching DVDs or whatever um, but what would you recommend for teachers and their mental health when they go back to school in addition to everything else that's going in their personal life how do you think they'll be able to how do you think they should try to handle um, having to re-educate children when they come back in September I think you're just going to have to really listen and have compassion and really kind of be observant of your students mm. if you see that students are struggling if you see that students aren't really paying attention or they're lacking focus I think we're going to have to be really mindful about the students and when they're coming back in that we're not just just going into the class blind we need mm -hmm. to really just just I think just be really observant and really sensitive mm. to the fact that there may be changes in behavior changes in demeanor changes in how people are responding to you um and just following that up mm. be vigilant about following it up mm. Mm. and I think it's also um it's also lovely that they um the teachers have been given somewhat a go-ahead to check in with students like on a regular, even up until they go back to school as well. Although I've heard, I mean, some students are complaining that they even they don't even get responses from some teachers when they send emails. I mean, that's always going to be the case, isn't it? Like mm -hmm. you're going to have you're going to have teachers who are incredibly diligent and are going above and beyond, and mm -hmm. maybe some teachers who are not as mm. <laughs> on an extended holiday of way. You know, and also just, I think just sometimes just different situations. Some teachers may have multiple children that are at home and they're also trying to juggle that. And, mm. you know, it's not necessarily an excuse, but if you're a teacher and you haven't got those responsibilities, you have a, just naturally more time to give. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. So, oh, sorry, go ahead. Sorry, go ahead. No, no, no. I was just saying it is a struggle, you know, working from home and having kids at the same time. It is a lot. It is a lot. And especially because, um, parents who are working in whatever industry but education having to add education to their their cv <laughs> after this session is homeschooling oh goodness yeah. you know yeah yeah i remember one of um one of my friends she was talking about well i say my friend but we used to work together um and she's she was saying her daughter's struggling to teach her, her granddaughter basically she's like six five five years old and she thought there was something wrong with her child because she wasn't able to sit down and do her work and it was only six weeks in um, sorry six weeks in pardon into the the um lockdown that the primary the nursery school teacher told the parent that oh we don't we don't get them to sit down and study we get them to learn and play so they play and they learn that way but if she knew that information before she they wouldn't have you know yeah. what? 
some some communication would work but anyway okay so uh, we've got to wrap up now um so on the subject of mental health i feel like we could really speak about education but it will be another thing altogether it'll be another topic because i've got another set of questions for that but don't worry we'll, we'll create an avenue for that but on the topic of mental health what message do you have for parents from the past generation oh what message um it's a new generation it's a new generation it's a new time maybe what worked back then and what you thought was the way that things should go back then is not always how it is now Mm. be open to new methods be open to new strategies that are being implemented to help mental health and that it is an important issue just as you would consider your physical health Mm. that you can physically see to be important mental health is equally if not more important Mm. because that's the driving force of who we are so it's incredibly important that people i would say that the past generation understand the the magnitude and the importance and significance of of dealing with mental health and encouraging mental well-being yeah yeah okay and what would you say to the present gen so those that have just started out their families they just they just started having their their mini mini versions what would you say to them Gosh, we need to, I, I, I guess, again, just taking care of yourself and being kind to yourself and building up that resilience as well. I think we could be more resilient as, as you know, the more current generation and developing that resilience, but also just, again, reaching out when and if you need that help. Mm, okay and you know i'm gonna go to next now right so i've done past i've done present so we're now this is a message for your students at a big secondary school assembly year 70 year 13 well year 70 11 um but potentially to primary just in case there's a primary child just listening to this uh what would you say to them don't always believe what you see on social media <laughs> don't <laughs> get consumed with social media and engage with the world, be present with people and relationships. And again, if you're struggling, I wouldn't always go to the internet and Google things and check on social media if it's right, speak to real people who Mm. actually have some real advice for you. Mm. That could be a parent, that could be your aunts or uncles or a cousin or a pastor or a an actual therapist if you have access to one but then speak to a trusted person to assist you i like the fact that you made about um not googling everything because you know google tends to give you some illnesses that you you haven't i mean i've done it too many times so i'm actually speaking from experience you've you've given yourself every label known to man and it's not the safest this is the thing this is the thing because i just feel like sometimes i'm like do you know what let me google it so i know worst case scenario yeah. I have this but then best case scenario i might not have it but then if you're in a very like like if you're in a negative state oh no it's not good it's it's really not good and, and and unfortunately that's what it drives you to because you're so desperate and you're you're so looking for a response and an answer and it's just not going to be accurate mm. 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 but yeah thank you <laughs> thank you on that i think that, that that advice for the young people i kind of took that when you said the, the, don't be googling and be present i think it's important to um to highlight that about being present um it's very easy to get um, lost in the social realm stuff isn't it so um yeah. and i think that's the benefit of the good side i guess of this lockdown as well being at home with family and 
just realizing, oh, this is what your fan members look like because you've yeah. probably them in a very long time. Oh, I didn't know you had hair like that. Da, 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 da. So getting to know them all over again. So it's lovely. Also just doesn't encourage people to stay at home and Zoom. Like go when we can to still go and see people. There's mm, mm, mm. just a joy in being out and yeah. socializing and engaging with the world. Mm. I like this. I like this conversation. It was nice and, and it was healthy. <laughs> Thank you so much. So, um, I don't know if you're available online, but should people, um, particularly, I feel like if a student has listened to this, they could reach out to you. Um, should they have any queries? With social media, I do. I I barely even know how to use Instagram, but um, you can. You can oh my god! I think it's I'm at Lakito M. Do you want me to put that in the description? I could put it in the description if you want. If you don't, it's fine. We can find a way. Do you know what it is? For the sake of, if you want to contact her, let me know and then we'll make it happen. Yeah. <laughs> because if I, if I put that down. <laughs> yeah. Because I don't want to put down, no, yeah, contact her. She hasn't responded and you're going to be feeling any type of, no, no, no. It's not her. It's just the way it is. She's just not good at social media. That's fine. So yeah, if you have any more questions or any queries, just give me a shout. Um, but Catherine, thank you so much for availing yourself for this. Thank you. Thank and you. for opening up as well. And um, on the topic of mental health and education combined, that's definitely something that we could explore later on as well. Um, yeah, we'll speak about that. But yeah, thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you. See you. Thank you. Bye. See you. Bye.